Hello and welcome to episode 282 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva. We are coming off of a really ugly week of football. I don't really normally get into the, the actual quality of NFL games. I don't really care too much, but my God, there was some ugly football going on on Sunday. I, I kind of think it's just random. Wouldn't make any macro conclusions, but we'll talk about all the teams and all the games. Evan, good afternoon. Afternoon. I think it was a combination of factors that led to ugly football, but you know, a lot of teams are depleted, uh, both due to COVID a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, due to actual injuries. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of backup quarterbacks. We're seeing a lot of backup skill position players, off backup offensive linemen. And when you combine all those factors, I mean, you were talking it up before the week because of all the XFL players and all the AAF players. But, you know, when you get a lot of scrubs out on the field, the quality of play probably going to go down. Yeah, of course. And we saw, obviously, you know, Colt McCoy and Jacoby Brissett and Jordan Love and, and all these guys get into the games. Obviously, you're going to have some low quality football, but some good teams play poorly also. Dallas, Kansas City, and, and we'll talk about all that. Before we get into it, two things. First, we are running a midseason sale. Get access to our entire NFL product, projections, ownership, shows, props, Discord, everything from now through the Super Bowl for just one forty nine. 99 don't need a promo code or anything you can just head to the site head to the subscribe page we have adjusted to 149.99 and second this show is brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com player props have become a true passion for me unfortunately i know a lot of you don't have access to legal player props because you're in new york or california or texas or wherever else they don't have regulated sports betting prize picks is indeed legal and regulated in those states you can bet their props in parlay form if you want to give them a try this week 100% sign up a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 use promo code ETR to get the best deal or use the link in the show notes again promo code ETR at prizepicks.com all right Evan let's start with the NFC and we'll start with really what was one of the biggest injuries of the week Chase Edmonds goes down what like three plays into the game and James Conner just goes absolutely nuclear in both the run and the pass game, really good win for Arizona, who just steamrolled San Francisco, despite not having Kyler Murray, despite not having DeAndre Hopkins, despite losing Chase Evans, despite not having A.J. Green. I think the question going forward, people want to know your take on is how does the backfield go? Because this looks like a high ankle sprain for Chase Edmonds. They do have Eno Benjamin. Maybe they can get creative with Rondell Moore. But what do you think about the Arizona backfield without Chase Edmonds? Yeah, one more thing I wanted to say about the injuries. There have been 42 ACL tears already through week nine, according to the ACL Recovery Club. And that's already more than occurred all of last season. So, I mean, it's been an injury-riddled year so far. When it comes to the Cardinals' backfield, you know, after Chase Edmonds went down, and you got to think what would have happened if he had stayed healthy for that game. He probably would have had a really big game. But after he went down, I mean, it was pretty much all James Conner. And you look at the box where Eno Benjamin got some stuff real late in the game. Mm-hmm. But it was – James Conner was almost an every down back. And then Eno Benjamin, I think we can maybe chalk him up for 8 to 11 touches going forward during Chase Edmonds' absence. But I, by and large, I think it's going to be James Conner. James Conner has played really well this year. Um, and he's been a great fit in their offense. Their offense will spread you out with three and four receiver sets. You know, they take advantage of spacing on the field and they have a little bit uh, further uh, offensive line splits. And their offensive line has done 
pretty darn well this season for a unit that we could have questioned coming into the year. But I think that it's, it's going to be James Conner as the clear-cut lead back, and Eno Benjamin is sort of like a desperate flex play. Uh, by the way, Thorne's midseason offensive line rankings are indeed up on the site. I believe he has the Cardinals at 20th overall, you know, far from elite, but probably, you know, he had them 24th in the preseason. So a little bit better than we yeah. expected, at least circling back to the, to the Rondell Moore thing. I don't think people can fathom how low Rondell Moore's eight odd is 1.2 yards dead last in the NFL among wide receivers. The second to last is Cole Beasley at 5.7. Like, like it's so far beyond what a wide receiver normally looks like is what they're doing with Rondale Moore. Why not give some of the Chase Edmonds role to Rondale Moore or, you know, Benjamin too, because I I get what you're saying about James Conner. He has a long history of nagging injuries, man. I don't know that they want to necessarily load it up for James Conner. So I don't know any hope that they'll use Rondale Moore creatively. And I guess, would you add, you know, Benjamin, I guess is the question people want to know. Yeah, I would add, you know, Benjamin. I mean, we've seen the high ankle sprain stuff. It's typically four to six weeks. And then when they come back, you never know if they're going to have a setback. So, yeah, you know, Benjamin absolutely belongs to be, uh, he should be rostered in all season long leagues. Um, okay, Falcons. So, uh, you know, they played well, man. I didn't think they would play well. You know, we talked about it on the betting show. I think we both thought that the Falcons would struggle against this Saints defense. They show up. Cordell Patterson, obviously the star again, 22.6 DK points, does it on 50% of the running back carries, 20 routes on 39 Matt Ryan dropbacks. You know, far from elite usage, but definitely more than enough for Cordell Patterson, but definitely a surprising performance from Atlanta. What do you see out of them? Um, well, I think that an important takeaway is that not, not to get too worried about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts in... Uh, the previous game before this one got shadowed by Stefan Gilmore, not something that even the Panthers were preparing to do. Stefan Gilmore like went to the coaching staff and said, hey, can I do this? Stefan Gilmore, one of the few long arms, you know, truly like plus size cornerbacks in the league, uh, physical enough to do something like take Kyle Pitts away. And then this past week they went up against, you know, as we discussed on the, uh, the, the either the Friday or the, the Sunday show, um, Kyle Pitts was going up against the Saints defense that is just truly equipped to match up with uh, big time tight ends because they're, they're great at safety and they've got two great uh, athletic linebackers in Quan Alexander and Demario Davis and Kyle Pitts did not have, he went over 60 yards, but uh, has had two slow games in a row. And I just, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Let's go to the Panthers. Um, I'll start with Christian McCaffrey, you know, Reports were that he was going to be eased in, and that was true. 29 out of 59 snaps for Christian McCaffrey in his first game back from the hamstring injury. But on those 29 snaps, he had 14 carries and five targets. I mean, he only ran 13 routes. Normally, he's going to be running a route on almost all of quarterback dropbacks. I assume that he came out of the game healthy. Haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise. Gets Arizona, Washington, Miami, Atlanta next. Things are looking up. For Christian McCaffrey, what is not looking up is the Sam Darnold performances. Like we're at the point where people are calling for PJ Walker, you know, like PJ Walker might be a better option. It's really hard to be excited about DJ Moore or anybody else outside of Christian McCaffrey right now with the way Sam Darnold is playing. What do you think about the Panthers going forward here? Yeah, and it's, it's getting worse on a weekly basis. I mean, we've talked about this with Sam Darnold. He can just be – he can be a streaky player. He can put together four good games, and then he can go in the tank for seven. And, 
you know, it's not even whether or not PJ Walker is clearly like a better option. I don't know if he is, maybe he is by a little bit, but probably not by a lot because we've seen him play and it hasn't been pretty in the NFL, but it becomes, it comes down to like a matter of accountability when Sam Darnold is like consistently giving the ball to the other team. Um, you know, like you, you have to do it for the other players on the team yeah. um, because you, you have to hold that, that player accountable. And I think that that's what it's probably going to come down to. I think it's, 50-50 whether or not Darnold or, or, or Walker starts this week. Yeah, they're home against the Browns this week. Obviously, if I have DJ Moore in season long, I'm still starting him. But obviously, like, you know, things could have gone way differently for DJ Moore this year with better quarterback play. He was poised to erupt. And Carolina had struggled in pass protection, then lost their starting center, Matt Par- Paradis, to a torn ACL on Sunday. They've got, you know, a very talented Browns defensive line coming up next. I think it's going to continue. To, it's going to stay ugly. Let's go to the Bears. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Khalil Herbert fans out there. There's also a lot of David Montgomery fans out there. But I thought the usage was at least like moderately surprising. So Damian Williams missed this game last night due to a knee issue. David Montgomery, 53 snaps and 28 routes in his first game since week four. Khalil Herbert, 10 snaps and two routes. So they were just like, screw it, man. David Montgomery is our guy. He's been out for a while. It doesn't matter. We're throwing him right back into the mix. Allen Robinson, I think, nicked up his hammy in this game. Not that it matters anymore. I mean, you know, we talked about Allen Robinson as a drop candidate last week. If he has mm-hmm. any kind of hammy issue, I think dropping is no problem at all. But what you see out of the Bears last night, almost won the game against the Steelers. Yeah, David Montgomery goes right back in as an every down back. And, you know, it's funny how this works. Like two weeks ago, I was like, time to throw in the towel on Justin Fields he's been a top 12 fantasy quarterback in consecutive weeks now he he looks more comfortable each game this past week he had against Pittsburgh 10 yards for pass attempt eight for 45 rushing you know that's kind of what we were hoping for uh, in terms of efficiency from him when the season started Um, I don't know if we're to the point where you can start him confidently yet but he in season long leagues but I mean he's he's right on that fringe you know, and it makes you wonder if the 49ers had given uh, Trey Lance the same amount of time to get in there, take his lumps, improve, you know, see what he was doing wrong, show, show him what he's doing wrong. He improves. He gets better every week, kind of like Justin Fields has. Maybe Trey Lance would be at the same place. Dallas. Um, so I, I was feeling good about Survivor, man. I, I, w- I was in the Survivor League. There was only like 10% of the field left or something like that. I didn't have Indy. Ended up, you know, I decided between Miami and Dallas. Went to Dallas on the Tua news. And I mean, this has to be the most r- surprising result. Ah, maybe not the most, but one of the most surprising results of the season. I mean, Dallas got absolutely whooped by the Broncos at home. Can we just throw this game out and ignore this game? I mean, what happened to Dallas? I mean, Dak just didn't play well. You know, he, he took a few weeks off. He came back and he didn't play well. And I, I think we can largely forgive him for this. I think that we have an, we've built up enough confidence in the Cowboys as a team, uh, in his supporting cast, in, his, in, in, in Dak as an individual player, that we should fully expect a bounce back here in week 10 uh, at home against Atlanta, which is terrible on defense, Atlanta is dead last in the NFL in both sack rate and quarterback hit rate. You know, he Dak's going to have a comfortable pocket. I, I I'm willing to forgive him. A uh, couple more notes on Dallas. I, I thought Zeke like didn't look right. Like he was like hobbling on and off the field, and you know, 
Then they put him back out there. It's 30 to nothing, 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And they put Zeke and Dak. Zeke and Dak are still out there. I mean, Zeke, so I assume his knee is fine. Whatever was happening was fine, but definitely scary when you see Zeke kind of going in and out because we know if Pollard gets in there, I mean, maybe Zeke's sinking that and, 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 you know, he doesn't want Pollard to get in there. But anyways, Michael Gallup also expected back. And this is something I talked about on the solo pod. Like the target competition in Dallas is so stiff, man. I mean, they get Gallup and Lamb, and Amari, and Schultz, and Pollard, and Zeke. And so if Dak only throws the ball 25 or 30 times in a game, you know, it's hard for me to be in on floors for these guys from a DFS perspective, but they all have massive, massive ceilings. So it's just it's just yeah. tricky, and we're going to be talking about them a lot uh, because they're playing Atlanta on Sunday. Let's go to Detroit. Don't have a lot to say on Detroit. They're coming out of their bye. They will play at Pittsburgh. I expect Jamal Williams back for this game. Obviously, he was the late scratch back in uh, week eight anything on Detroit for you as they come out of their bye? yeah that's the only note I had Jamal Williams do back yeah and, and TJ Hawkinson I thought was looking much healthier um before the bye but now he should be definitely 100 percent. let's go to Green Bay so it looks like Aaron Rodgers I mean do expect him back this week after the COVID mess AJ Dillon though you know continues to have standalone value um and they're using it more and more showing more and more confidence in him what you see out of Green Bay? I mean, I don't know if it was Kansas City playing bad because Jordan Love did not look good, man. But no. Kansas City played so poorly that Green Bay actually had a chance to win the game. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love just not ready, you know. And this is why quarter young quarterbacks playing and taking their lumps and, and learning from their mistakes, that's the best way for quarterbacks to develop, not to sit on the bench for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, that's not what – makes a quarterback what what makes a what helps quarterback development is playing and Jordan Love wasn't ready and he didn't get anything going in the downfield passing game they strangely ignored Aaron Jones as a receiver in this game Jordan Love looked uncomfortable you know no, no quarterbacks really look uncomfortable playing the Chiefs Jordan Love did and that was with a near full supporting cast um just not, not a, you know, we, and we had, we were very skeptical of Jordan Love as an individual player, but thought that the, the environment, the opponent, all that, the matchup, all that stuff would sort of elevate him. And it did not, he brought everyone down. That's not a promising debut for a guy that has supposedly been developing for the last, you know, year and a half. Yeah. Rams, ugly man. I mean, again, uh, another just mind scratching head-scratching performance. This one from the Rams, they got wrecked by the Tennessee Titans. I don't know if you had any takes on what happened mm-hmm. there, but the one personnel note I had is McVay is back doing, to the, back doing this thing mm-hmm. where he plays three wide receivers set on every single down, and he never rotates the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Cup and Woods and Van play every single snap. We talked about Van last Tuesday. Also, I still like having Van on my season-long teams and definitely he can pop up for some big games but yeah any ideas any takes on what happened to the Rams and that ugly loss to the Titans yeah I mean they just got destroyed up front uh the Titans pass rush is screaming hot right now Jeffrey Simmons when he was drafted you know he was taking he had an injury I believe it was a torn ACL he came into the NFL with a torn ACL that was why he fell to I believe it was number 19 overall in the draft and it took him a little while to get up to speed but this dude is one of the best interior pass rushers in the league, uh, they got Bud Dupree and Harold Landry, another guy that came into the league with some with a lot of promise, and um, you know, kind of took a while. But man, he is he's on fire 
as an edge rusher, and then Bud Dupree, who they paid for in the offseason. I mean, they've got a legit pass rush nucleus. That is allowing them to sort of cover up their talent deficiencies in the back end. They hit Matthew Stafford five, 11 times and sacked him five times, and that's against one of the best offensive lines in football. Coming into that game, um, Matthew Stafford was the most, the, the most well-protected passer in football, and they took his pass protection apart. Uh, and that, that has really become – that has evolved into the, the, the nucleus of their, of their team right now is their pass rush. And that it goes a long way toward explaining why they're smoking all these good teams consecutively. I mean, mm. they, the Titans are on fire right now. On fire. Crazy. Um, one other thing on the Rams, like Daryl Henderson, I have Daryl Henderson on one uh, of my best, best ball teams. And God, every time I watch him, I'm like, dude, like he feels like he's on the verge of getting hurt all the time. And he like limped off a little bit in that game on Sunday night. I, it's, it's so scary watching him. Let's go to. Yeah, he, he runs with like a lot of velocity and, you know, he like initiates hits. Yeah. Let's go to the Vikings. Another narrow, narrow loss for the Vikings. Um, Justin Jefferson's underlying stats last year to this year are relatively similar. You know, he's had some big plays early in games and it just doesn't seem to sustain for Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins ends up, even though the game went nuts, Kirk Cousins ends up not throwing that many passes. We saw the full Dalvin experience where, I mean, Dalvin can have huge plays and huge games. I think Dalvin will remain number two in our rest of season. Top 150, we're currently working on that. But yeah, Chargers, Packers, Niners next. I I'm just waiting for Justin Jefferson to get it going. It feels like he's on the verge some weeks. I don't know if you have a take on him or anything else on the Vikings. I just think that Kirk Cousins played pretty well earlier in the season, and then he's not played very well the last two weeks. And so that is going to contribute to some of the struggles in the passing game. I'm with you. I think that Justin Jefferson needs to be a guy that they shove 11 targets down his throat every single week, and they have not been committed to doing that. Um, and then when you add in the fact that their passing game hasn't been as efficient over the past two weeks, that takes away because they're not a big volume passing team either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dalvin cook eruption is coming. You, you would think that this would be it. Uh, the Chargers have been terrible against the run. We've talked ad nauseum about that, but he's getting a ton of usage. And then the Vikings are still going to be without Daniel Hunter and Har and Harrison Smith has already been ruled out for week 10 against the chargers. I'm expecting a, a high scoring game there. Saints. And so, you guys remember back you were listening back uh in july and august you know i i was adamant that you know i wasn't on alvin Kamara, and i was scared about that take for a while once Jameis won the starting job once uh, latavius got cut and it looked like Kamara was going to carry the ball like 350 times and get a ton of targets now though i'm kind of feeling good about having no Kamara because over the last two weeks since they got mark ingram Kamara only 68 percent of the running back carries Mark Ingram, 32% of them. Kamara, only 61% of the running back targets. Mark Ingram has been really involved in the passing. 39% of the running back targets to Mark Ingram. And Trevor Simeon, who, you know, whatever, like with Jameis out, Simeon might end up losing the job to Taysom. And that would, I think, be really bad for Kamara. So at this point, like, I feel pretty good about having not much Kamara going forward. Felt good about a full fade on him in DFS, even though he had a pretty good game on Sunday against the Falcons, anything on that and anything else on the saints. Um, I got a message from uh, Nick Underhill last night 
uh, of course, covers the Saints. He says, bet on the Titans. I can't tell you why. Uh, so that was uh, was kind of cryptic, you know, but I, I bet on the Titans. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe Simeon start. Maybe he thinks that Simeon's starting again and they have no chance with Simeon. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or, or maybe he knows something about one of their good players. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Saints are playing strict uh, 11 personnel offense at this point. It is Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith as the lead receivers. And then they're rotating guys other than that. But they've got almost always got three receivers out there and one tight end, Adam Troutman. And still none of the guys are producing. Yeah. I mean, we have a pretty clear delineation of roles and none of the guys are, are hitting in fantasy. Um, yeah, Trevor Simeon. I, I mean, just the more he struggles, the more likely it becomes that we're going to get the full Taysom Hill experience. Right. And I think we're going to get that sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, you know, if you need quarterback help uh, and Taysom's available, just put him on your bench. I mean, yeah, absolute no brainer. Um, Giants. So the Giants win the game. They beat the Raiders with Daniel Jones only throwing it 20 times i believe and so Devontae booker had a really good game i think Devontae booker may have gotten banged up late seems like he's okay but definitely got banged up late it seemed they are going into their bye but yeah you know the Kadarius mm-hmm. tony thing I, I played a ton of Kadarius tony uh on sunday in dfs just we talked about it on friday i was like this dude is like a head case wild man i don't know if that's had anything to do with it but one target in the game was really really disappointing for him but anyways mm-hmm. going to the bye expect them to get saquon back They'll probably get Sterling Shepard back. Maybe they get Dante Pettis back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, things are generally looking up, I think, for this offense. What do you see out of the Giants' win over the Raiders? Yeah, and hopefully we'll get Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, back as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're just a team that really needed a bye at this point in the season because they've got so many banged-up guys, and it's, it's good timing. Eagles. It's weird. Like, they lost the guy, and they went from a two-man backfield to a three-man backfield. So – you know, uh, they lose Miles Sanders, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we'll give Jordan Howard some work. And now Jordan Howard, 17 carries. Boston Scott, 10 carries. Two carries for Kenny Gainwell, including one goal line carry. But I think the bigger macro thing here is that, my God, they've turned into like an uber run-heavy team. And I know you've talked about for much of the year, you don't understand why they weren't playing this style all season. But I guess it took a Miles Sanders injury to trigger them to do it. It doesn't really make much sense. But now they're extremely run-heavy. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think going forward on the Eagles? Yeah, and Jalen Hurts runs, too. So you have four, you know, running, rushing threats, essentially, in Philadelphia. They are they are a big-time run team, and you still can't start any of them except for Jalen Hurts. You know, I mean, you, you can't really rely on any of these RBs in fantasy. They're just total dart throws in, in, in season long. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they now they got Denver coming up. I mean, they're going to be able to run on Denver. Like, Von Miller's gone. Both their starting inside linebackers are gone. And it's still like, you know, can you really play Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, or Kenneth Gainwell with any sort of confidence? And I would lean no. Yeah. We had a bet on Boston Scott under rushing yards, under 50 and a half rushing yards, which came in. It was close, but it it came in. I mean, God, you know, when you're using three running backs, 50 rushing yard projection is a lot. Um, San Francisco. I mean, really good signs out of Ayuk and Kittle, man. I mean, Ayuk, we talked about how he was back to like this full-time, really strong role, and then it finally came through in the box score for him. Leone actually had Ayuk on his winning Thunderdome team uh, this past week, so shout out to Ayuk. And yeah, George Kittle, you know, 
Adam Schefter reported that Kittle would only play about half the snaps. Kittle ran 33 routes on 49 Jimmy Garoppolo dropbacks. He was just so productive, man. Six one oh one one on eight targets. And like, obviously that's what George Kittle can do. We haven't seen it a ton over last year. That's what he can do. Last night I had on San Francisco was just the healthy scratch for Trey Sermon, you know, with Jeff Wilson back. It's like, God, you know, Trey Sermon, screw him. Healthy scratch on him. But yeah, what you see out of 49ers, uh, ugly loss to the depleted Cardinals. Yeah, and it was just a two-man backfield this week because Jeff Wilson, I don't think he played a snap. Yeah. And uh, Elijah Mitchell is the one. Jamichael Hasty is the two. My guess is that we'll start to see Jeff Wilson get ramped up in the offense. He'll get a few touches this week. And then, you know, if, if he does well, then, they, then they'll let him build on that. It was encouraging that they threw the ball at Eli Mitchell. Cause like I, my, you know, going in, I was like, man, Eli Mitchell's target projection is like maybe one or two. And I believe he had five catches in this game. So, it, you know, at least he has it in him. We know going forward. So I think some optimism on, on uh, Eli Mitchell, Seattle. So they'll come out of their bye and play green Bay. Obviously the big news is that Russ's finger is indeed healed. Saw Ciara uh, tweeting or Instagramming about it or whatever. So confirms Russ is back. Obviously a big boost to the entire offense goes without saying anything for you on Seattle as they come out of their bye with Russ. Yeah, that, that's just it. I mean, and Geno Smith held it down. He held on the floor pretty well, um, all things considered. But Russ just elevates everyone around him. Um, you know, I think we can go back to starting Tyler Lockett confidently each week. Of course, DK Metcalf was in our lineups regardless. Um, and then the rest of the guys are just really ancillary pieces that maybe a guy here or a guy there could jump up for a big game. But it's pretty much just DK and Lockett. And then in the backfield, apparently Chris Carson is supposed to practice uh, this week. They'll see how he responds. It does seem like it would be a binary answer on whether he is going to play going forward with a neck injury um, because there have been like indications that he isn't going to play again this year. And then, you know, it's this weird stuff with him. They're, they're trying to let him get back into practice. I, I don't know. It's a strange situation. I want to correct something I said earlier. I said I expected Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, you know, after looking at it and a couple of tweets coming through during this show, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is no lock to come back in week 10 for this game against Seattle. So uh, we'll see on that as the week goes on. Because I think that in a best case scenario, he was going to come back but not practice all week and then try to get clearance on Saturday, if, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why it could come down to the wire uh bucks are coming out of their bye as well they'll play at the washington football team no word on antonio brown or gronk yet i you know on these decisions and they haven't proven me right or anything it just seems crazy to me to play antonio brown or gronk when it's so obvious you're going to be in the playoffs you're going to be deep in the playoffs but yeah we'll see on the status of antonio brown and gronk obviously chris godwin has been absolutely ripping with antonio brown and gronk out of the lineup anything for you on the mm -hmm. bucks heading into week 10 no, nope, just, you know, a great team getting healthier coming off its bye. Remember what the Bucks did after their bye last year. I don't think we're going to see such an, an enormous explosion. But, you know, an old team getting a rest week, like, you know, that, that can be a good thing. And Washington football team, I already mentioned, they'll be coming out of their bye also playing the Bucks. You know, the Antonio Gibson thing we, we've talked about so much. I guess I'm curious if he reclaims all of base down work. In other mm -hmm. words, in the game before the bye, Jared Patterson stole early in the game based down work from Antonio Gibson. Does that continue? Is that due to the shin? How does that go? 
for Washington football team. That's basically the biggest thing I have my eye on. But man, I mean, playing Tampa, it'd be hard to feel mm-hmm. good about Gibson or Patterson, or really anyone outside of Prime McLaurin and McKissick. Anything for you on the football team? Yeah, some some bit pretty big injury situations. We're going to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. has a chance to return this week. And then Logan Thomas is eligible to come off IR. Um, and then uh, Curtis Samuel uh, has been out. And so it, this is a big injury team to monitor coming off their bye. Theoretically, they should be able to get, I think, pretty much all those guys back. But I don't, I don't know. What Do you think that if Fitzpatrick gets cleared, do you think it's automatic that they go back to him or do they stick with Heineke or what do you think? Yeah, I think they go back to Fitzpatrick. I mean, so yeah, yeah. I think they go back to it. And not that Heineke has been terrible or I think Fitzpatrick's any kind of huge upgrade, but I think they went into the season thinking Fitzpatrick's our guy and they got to mm-hmm. give him more than the whatever he played one or two games. All right. That's going to do it for this NFC team by team podcast. We'll be back next episode for AFC team by team. If you're listening on iTunes, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. It is free. Helps us a ton. For Evan, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.